it's, it's the same way with our relationship with God. It's not just a casual, uh, it's fine to have casual conversation with God, but we also need to have intentional conversation with God. And this is a formula for that intentional time of prayer that you ought to have with the Lord every single day. And so Jesus gives us what is here a model prayer that we as his disciples can learn and study uh, to pattern our own prayer life after. Um, now, I told you last week, God doesn't want us to pray this prayer verbatim. This wasn't a prayer that Jesus himself ever prayed. He didn't pray asking God to forgive him of his sins. He didn't have sins. Um, but this is a teaching tool that Jesus used to show us how we are supposed to pray. And so why don't we do this? Why don't we pray? Ask God to use the last uh, 15 minutes or so that we have as we start uncovering this passage. And uh, let's ask the Lord to grow our prayer life. Let's pray together. Our Father, we come before you and thank you for this time in your word that we can share. I pray, God, that you would teach us to pray. Um, and I pray, Lord, that we would be open to learning it. And, Lord, I pray that you would be glorified in this as we take these principles home and begin to practice them personally in our own prayer lives. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, now we looked at this briefly last week, and uh, I'll review this and then dive in verse by verse, all right? There are, there are essentially three sections in this model prayer that uh, are conveyed to us. If you go back to the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6, there are actually four sections. I want to talk to you about the fourth before we move on as well. But the first section that should identify how you structure your prayers is the section of submission. Submission, this is where we learn how to approach God in prayer, right? And uh, the Bible uh, tells us about this section in verse 2. Um, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It's interesting to me that almost all these sections are divided up into threes. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Section of submission, how we're supposed to approach God in prayer. All right, section number two is the section of surrender, and this tells us how we're to adjust to God, right? It goes on in verse two and prays, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so on earth. Another section of three. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. The third section is the section of supplication. This teaches us how we're to appeal to God. And most of the time when people pray, they go right to supplication. God help this person. God help this person. God help this person. In fact, a lot of people don't know how to pray if they don't have a list of people that they are supposed to pray for. They don't know how to talk to God uh, when it comes to just uh, approaching God, worshiping God, um, adjusting to God. So we're going to learn that as we go through this series. But submission uh, is an important part of your prayer life, learning how to appeal to God for yourself, for others, uh, intercessory prayer, and so on and so forth. Uh, in, in the passage here, verse 3, the Lord said, Give us day by day our daily bread, number one. Forgive us our sins as we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us, number two. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Another three-part section there, uh, which we'll cover later. The fourth section, not in this passage. It's in Matthew chapter 6. If you want to turn over there real quick, you can. Uh, many of you might have the Lord's Prayer memorized and know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, the fourth section is the section of uh, what I'm calling supposition. Uh, and this is teaching us how to accredit God. In other words, 
how to give God all the glory. You have gone through, you start your prayer with praise. You end your prayer with glory, giving God credit, giving God glory. That is essentially what the Lord teaches us here. In Matthew 6 and verse 13, the end of the verse, Jesus told us to pray, For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Good Baptist Church, amen. Okay? Um, For thine is the kingdom, power, and glory forever. Amen. Uh, So there there are the the four sections that should identify uh, how we pray to the Lord. This is a pattern for prayer. And so we see the sections, but I want to focus in on the substance of the prayer now with the time that we have remaining. And so now that we have established the manner in which this model prayer is structured, we can dig deeper into the particular. So I'm going to focus on section one. That's all we'll have time for at the time we have remaining today. Section one is the section of submission. What is it? Submission. This this is teaching us how to approach God in prayer. All right. And so uh, the first thing I want you to note down here about uh, uh, this prayer is the first two words, our Father. And here we learn that we are to approach God with recognition. We're to approach God with recognition. Our Father, as you approach God in prayer, you need to acknowledge God for who He is. What the Bible's teaching us here. Acknowledge God for who He is. Don't approach God like you own Him. Don't own God. <laughs> and sometimes we can, we can feel entitled, um, especially as Americans. Um, but the Bible tells us as we open our prayer, we're to pray, Our Father not just your God, he's our God. Uh, the Bible actually teaches us in Romans 10, 12 that the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him, right? And I think it's important we understand the significance of even a word like our. It's not my father, it's our father. He's not just your God, he is the God of all who call upon him and there are no respective persons with God. So our, and then pray, Father, When you approach God in prayer, you need to address him by his name. In other words, you're approaching God with recognition. God, you are our God, and you are Father. You are our Father. Piersby wrote this, True prayer depends on a spiritual relationship with God that enables us to call him Father. This can only come through faith in Jesus Christ. I want you to take your Bibles and go to Romans chapter 8 because this is probably the most beautiful passage that teaches what uh, is being indicated to us here. We can say Father when we talk to God only because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. We do not pray Father in the Old Testament. We have a unique privilege to the shed blood of Christ that has brought us into a relationship, a restored relationship with God, where we are adopted into his family and become the sons of God. And that's what the Bible teaches us in Romans 8, starting in verse 14. If you're there, say amen. Amen. The Bible says in verse 14, For as many as are led of the Spirit of God, they are what? The sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Abba means, my favorite translation of it is daddy, (laughs) okay? Daddy, Abba, father. Um, It's not just father. Those are two different Greek words. Abba is daddy. Um, Talking to the Lord in a very affectionate type of way. 
Abba, Father. Verse 16, the Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. In other words, if you're saved, God's Spirit's going to make sure you know it. You know that you are. Um, Verse 17, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, uh, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. And so it is our faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ that makes us adopted into the family of God. John chapter 1 and verse 12, the, the Bible tells us that as many as receive Jesus, to them he gives the power to become the sons of God, even to them who believe on his name. And don't miss this right here. Hey, I've had people tell me, if I've had people, a person tell me at once, I've had them tell me at a hundred times. Well, we're all God's children, you know. Wrong. Wrong. All God's creation. God cares about us. He loves us all. But we are not all God's children. Become children of God only through faith in Jesus Christ. If we don't believe in Jesus to forgive us of our sins, we are so far from being a child of God, we are the enemy of God who he is going to send to hell for all of eternity for not trusting him as our Lord and Savior. Now, he doesn't want that. He wants to adopt us, but there is a a choice that he gives to us in the Scripture that we must make to place our faith in him, to forgive us of our sins, and as soon as we make that choice, we become the sons of God. He adopts us into his family. I'll tell you something. When you become a child of God, by the way, what a privilege it is to be a child of God, to be a son of God. Uh, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Uh, How could God love someone like me enough to call me his son? Why would he adopt me? Yet that's what God has done for us. And listen, because we have been adopted into God's family as God's sons and daughters through our faith in Jesus Christ, that is why we can call God Father. Understand the privilege it is to say our Father. Only approach God as the finished work of Christ the privilege to call God Daddy. Dad? Uh, and that's uh, a unique thing that we have as the people of God. Now, before I move on, notice this. This verse does not teach that we should only address God as Father. Right? It's funny to me through the years uh, in churches, listening to people and their interesting ascriptions that they give to God. Some people, you could tell that they call God a name because it's real to them. And some of them, they probably inherited it from somebody else that they heard pray. Uh, when Emily and I were in a church in Tennessee, there was the same old boy. He would pray the same prayer every time they asked him to pray. And the teenagers, now they never did this out loud with him, but they could repeat his prayer verbatim. It was just like that. And the only thing I remember about how he prayed is he would pray, Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, <laughs> every time he mentioned God's name, Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, uh, bless church today. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God. Well, and he just would go on and on and on with that kind of thing. And uh, we can get into um, uh, pitfalls when it comes to our prayer and not really think about what we're saying, okay? Uh, but the Bible, Jesus wasn't saying you only call God Father. Uh, you can use other names for God in prayer. There are many names for God listed throughout Scripture. And by the way, a lot of times when believers would pray in the Old and New Testament to the Lord, they would call God by a name uh, that they had just experienced God to be for them. Uh, for example, Abraham gave God a, a name that he discovered God to be, El Shaddai, the Lord God Almighty. Right? No, no one had called him Lord God Almighty before that, but Abraham called him El Shaddai because, hey, God had just made a 
a hundred-year-old man have a baby, okay? Uh, Lord God Almighty, <laughs> uh, he had discovered him to be that, all right? Hagar called him El Roy, uh, the God who sees me. Prayed, and called, prayed to El Roy. Abraham later prayed to Jehovah Jireh, the Lord my provider, when God gave a ram in the place of sacrificing his son on the altar. That go on and on uh, about names that people in the scripture began to call God in prayer. You know, a lot of times... Whatever you're going through or whatever God has just done for you might be the name that you call God as you come to him in prayer. You ought to address him for who he is. It might be Father sometimes. It might be Savior. It might be Refuge. It might be all types of things, okay? Uh, we could talk for a long time about the attributes of God. And let me just challenge you with this, okay? Devotional time, here's a great practice. You go through the Scriptures and you find a new name for God, you ought to have a place somewhere in your journal Will you start writing down the names of God? As you go to prayer, well, oftentimes I'll do this. I'll open up my prayer journal, and I have all these names of God listed. And uh, sometimes if one, one particular one's not coming to my heart, just look at one on the page. I'll address God with that and think about God as being Redeemer, think of God as being Sovereign, think of God as being so on and so forth. Uh, that's been a wonderful practice for me that you could take and benefit your prayer life with. The point is, when you come to approach God, you need to approach God with recognition. Our Father. Right? Number two, when you come to approach God, approach God with respect. The Bible word that's used is fear, but you need to approach God with respect. All right? Our Father, and what's the next phrase? Who art in heaven. Now we're approaching God with respect. As you approach God in prayer, you need to acknowledge God for where he sits. In other words, you're in heaven. Acknowledge God for where he sits. God sits on a higher throne than any throne that has ever or will ever exist on this earth. Uh, I like what the Bible says in Psalm 103, verse 19. The Lord has prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom rules over all. And uh, I, uh, I'm glad, by the way, as I come to God, I can come to a God who's sitting on a higher throne than any world leader, than any person in my life, than Satan himself. He has no power over God. He has all power. He has all authority. And as you come to God in prayer, you need to approach him with this recognition of who he is and with this respect for who he is. You are in heaven. Um, and uh, there's a lot that we can pull from this, but let me share this old story with you. It's uh, actually a, a story about Lyndon B. Johnson, the pre pre previous president of our country. Lyndon, Lyndon B. Johnson's press secretary, Bill Moyers, was saying grace at a staff luncheon one day. And uh, the president, President, uh, president Johnson, uh, uh, said to him, well, speak up, Bill. Nobody can hear you. And uh, he stopped praying for a minute, and he just quietly said, well, I wasn't addressing you, Mr. President. I like that. It's okay? a lot to say to the President of the United States, okay? But you know what? When you go to God in prayer, it doesn't matter who else is listening. doesn't matter who else is around. He's on the highest throne. He doesn't deserve more honor or glory. Or, uh, nobody else deserves more honor and glory than him because he sits on that high throne. Um, and so it's important that as you approach God in prayer that you acknowledge his position as the sovereign or the ruler over all things. And from his sovereign position, 
Why this is important is because it will affect your perspective in prayer. From his sovereign position in the heavens, he looks at the things on this earth differently than how you and I look at them. Isaiah 55, the Bible says his thoughts are not our thoughts, his ways are not our ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are his thoughts higher than our thoughts and his ways higher than our ways. Acknowledging God, you're in heaven, I'm down here, you're infinite, I'm finite, your perspective is eternal, my perspective is limited by time on this side of eternity, you're in heaven. It's basically an acclamation of trust in the Lord. You are giving God respect because he knows what he's doing, even if you don't understand what's going on. And so putting him in his proper place is vitally important. As our sovereign Lord, God also can do whatever he wants, right? It's important too. Uh, write this verse down, Psalm 115, verse 3. The Bible says, but our God is in the heavens, and uh, he has done whatsoever he pleases. God does what he wants. You know what? He doesn't do anything that contradicts his nature. He's good, he's merciful, he's gracious, and even when you can't see it with what's happening in your life, when you come to God in prayer, boy, I've been there too. I've, I've wanted to come to God in prayer and be mad. Be mad about things that, that are happening, okay? This is important when you come to God in prayer, like Job did. And Job struggled with this a little bit, but overall, uh, he, he kept his inte- integrity, the Bible says. In spite of everything he lost, he still treated God with respect. I don't know why you're doing this. I look in front of me, and doesn't look good what's coming down the road. I look behind me and I'm wondering why, what in the world happened. And I look all around me and nothing makes sense. But God, you know the way that I take. And, and when you're done, I know I'm going to come, come forth as gold. That's what Job prayed essentially. And uh, he decided to give God respect. That's what we need to do. Put him in his sovereign position. He is in heaven. Our Father, which art in heaven. And so approach God with uh, uh, recognition with respect. And here's the final one, and I'll be brief on this. Approach God with reverence. With reverence. Hallowed be thy name. Say that out loud with me. Hallowed be thy name. When you approach God in prayer, acknowledge how special God is to you. That's essentially what's being taught here. Acknowledge how special God is to you. In other words, this is what I'll often do when I come to God in prayer. I'll just take a minute to pause and say, God, there's no one like you. There's no one else I get on my face and talk to. There's no one else I can go to in the, in the deepest, darkest seasons. And I'll just take some time to hallow the name of the Lord. That's, that, that's what Jesus was teaching us to do. Now, we don't use the word hallow anymore, do we? Hallowed. Or you say, is that halo? No, it's not halo. It's hallow, okay? Um, well, what does it mean? Well, it comes from the Greek word uh, hagiadzo. And it, it means to treat as holy, to treat someone as being holy. The fact is, God is holy whether you treat him like it or not, okay? God is holy whether you recognize it or not. Uh, but God desires for us when we approach him in prayer to take some time to recognize his holiness. And this is important. Consider this, the most powerful beings in the universe. You know who they are? Angelic beings. Besides God, the most powerful beings in the universe are the cherubim. Only a select few of them, and they stand before God night and day. And the Bible tells us in Isaiah 6 that they dare not approach God without saying some words. You know what they are? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The most powerful being in the universe dare not approach God without saying holy. It teaches us something 
about how we should approach God. Jesus Christ, hey, we have been given more authority even than the highest angelic beings in the world. Praise God for that. God still wants us to hallow his name as we come to him in prayer. And uh, so what does it mean that God is holy? Oh, my personal definition of the holiness of God, and there's, this, there's people that go all over the place on this, but this is how I view the holiness of God. The holiness of God means that he is separate from all others, exalted above them in infinite majesty. That's why I say when I pray, a lot of times I'll say, God, there's no one like you. Right? He is separate from all, all, all others, separate from sinners and exalted above them. There's no one like our God. And you need to hallow, recognize, treat the name of God as holy as you come before him in prayer. He's unique. He is matchless. He is marvelous. He is wonderful. He is supreme. He is infinite. He is majestic. He is eternal. He is immutable. He is infinite. I could go on and on. You can make your own list. But boy, just take time to say to recognize God for his uniqueness. Recognize God for his holiness. And so when you approach God in prayer, acknowledge the holiness of his name. These first three phrases, God teaches us how he wants us to approach him in prayer. And listen, this is, this is what you can do. Take this truth home and let it start shaping the way that you pray, you, the way that you pray, the way that you pray, okay? Uh, it should change the way that you approach God in prayer. When you come to God, don't just jump into God do this, God do that, God do this, God do that. Take a minute, okay? Approach God the right way. Recognize who he is, our Father, and it might not be Father every time, but recognize God for who He is. Hey, and then you need to approach Him with that respect. Um, you're in heaven. You're higher than me. You have more authority than me. I'm not telling you what to do. You're the one who's sitting on the throne. Hallowed, holy be your name. God, there's no one like you. And take a minute to worship the Lord before you ever go on into any other part of your prayer. If you go on about your day, you can do that. You come to God, you can take, you can take an extra minute to just stop and, and really approach the, God, approach the Lord uh, the way that Jesus taught us to. And certainly you want to do that in your own private time of prayer every day. This is how the Lord taught us to pray. I told you when we were studying Philippians chapter 1 with Paul's prayer for the saints that most of us pray very shallow prayers. You want to start praying how you ought to? To start praying how God desires for you to, where it starts. Where it starts. And you ought to start looking at this and asking the Lord how you can incorporate these principles into your daily prayer practices. And uh, so we're going to have to stop it there, but I want to encourage you to take this home and practice it this week. I'll tell you this as a final thing it'll be uncomfortable at first. It'll be. Never done it before? Think, well, am I doing it right? No right or wrong. Talk to God, okay? Romans 8 still says, even when we don't know how to pray as we ought to, the Holy Spirit intercedes with us with words that can't be uttered, okay? Give God your best. But start talking to God the way that he te he's teaching us to. I mean, it will transform your prayer life, I'll guarantee you. It'll bring you closer in your communion with God, I'll guarantee you. And I hope that you'll take that challenge. Let's bow our heads together for prayer.